Hello and welcome in. Thanks for joining us for the latest edition of the Freire and Smith podcast. Week four, it's behind us and week five action gets underway in just three days. Before we get to today's episode, we wanted to tell you about our last. We released our week four recap that broke down Saturday's biggest games. Plus, Caden and I reviewed all the must-know storylines ahead of week five in the Sun Belt. If you missed it, make sure, go back and give it a listen. Today, it's episode 121 of the show, and we're excited to welcome our latest Sunbelt athlete of the season to the Prairie and Smith podcast. Each Wednesday, if you're new here throughout the season, we're bringing on some of the league's biggest stars. Texas State's TJ Finley has joined us. Grayson McCall came on the show last week. We've got another great guest today and plenty more still to come. With that said, Caden, why don't you tell us a little bit more about today's special guest? Yeah, no, it's another week and another special one, as always. It was one of the most feared men on the defensive side of the ball in the Sun Belt that plays for one of the best defenses in the Sun Belt. It's none other than Richard Jubinor. Just watching him on the field, he's one of the most feared man, men, like I mentioned. He does it all. You can see him getting interceptions, forcing pressure on the quarterbacks, forcing fumbles, landing on fumbles. He does everything, and he has a great story, and I cannot wait for the people to hear his story. Kane Richard, he was a late bloomer and really didn't discover the game of football until his sophomore year of high school. After growing up in Nigeria and playing multiple sports, he developed his love for the game of football. Richard would then go on to become a highly recruited athlete out of high school before beginning his career at Auburn. After playing a season on the flats, he transferred to Troy where he was forced to sit throughout the 2019 season due to NCAA rules governing the transfer process at that time. He announced his presence as one of the most feared pass rushers that next season and has gone on to secure three straight All-Sunbelt honors over the past three years. Richard is currently the active leader in career sacks with 21 career sacks during his FBS career. His on-the-field performance have helped propel Troy's defense to new heights, heights that included the Trojans' first Sunbelt title since 2017, a year ago. He continues to be one of the biggest forces in the league, and now he hopes to cap off his Trojans career by bringing another Sunbelt championship home to Troy, Alabama. Well, let's not waste any more time. Troy's Richard Jubinar is here. It's time to hear from one of the most feared pass rushers in the Sunbelt. Well, we are really excited to have Troy defensive lineman Richard Jubinor on the Prairie and Smith podcast. Richard, thanks for taking some time out of your schedule to join us. Thank you so much, Nora. I appreciate you having me here. Well, Richard, let's jump right in. You grew up in Delta State, Nigeria. You know, for those who don't know, where is that? And ultimately, to you know, walk us through your journey from Nigeria to America. Yes, uh, you know, as we all know, um, Nigeria is the western part of Africa, you know. And Delta State is the eastern part, and that's where I grew up at. You know, uh, my parents were from from Delta State, but my dad was walking in the northern part, and I kind of went back and forth with school. You know, from Delta State and um, and the north there, because of my dad's job. And after that, I just started playing basketball and track and soccer, and that's kind of how I had the opportunity, you know, to come to America to do uh, track and basketball. And so, I mean, I wanted to play soccer too, but I just fell in love with football when I got here. Now, Richard, most players, uh, you know, they get to represent their respective states, their hometowns, but you have the opportunity to represent a nation when you step on the field. What does that mean to you? And what's the importance of showing that pride in your country through your journey as an athlete? 
Um, that's awesome. You know, um, I'll be fortunate enough and be blessed to be able to be put in that position. Um, when it, before I didn't never thought about it in any way, but as I grew older and I saw the opportunities it brought and I saw the kind of feedback I get from the younger ones, you know, looking out to me and friends around the country. And I realized how important and how, um, how really important it was and how big it really meant. And I think I said, seeing it from a different approach and, it means a lot. When I go out to play, it's not about me. It's not about the team. It's about the lot. I'm like you said. I'm representing like a nation out there whenever I play, and that helps me. You know, want to represent the right way, go the hardest, and show people that yeah, we could all do that. And extremely like learning the game of football, letting people understand that um, we really it's possible for people from Nigeria to really uh, go into the sport of football, even if it's very new to us. Like we don't really know anything about it. Uh, we could really learn and do a lot because I have a lot of people in the league too playing in, in various colleges around uh, America. You know, they go through a lot of challenges and I just, you know, like an elder brother to them trying to bring them through because I knew I, at the point in my career I went through that too. And it took uh, having a lot of people, a lot of good support system around me, you know, my coaches, my teammates and other people who's been in my position, you know, to really put me through that. And that's what I try to do and just try to be a good um, represent, representative for my country and people watching me play. Well, I love that perspective, just using the experiences that uh, you've gone through to to benefit others. Uh, Richard, you mentioned you were a standout high school athlete. Most people don't remember that you were a two-time 300-meter hurdler, uh, a state champion at that. Plus, as you mentioned, you played basketball and soccer. Before starting football your sophomore year, what ultimately drew you to the game of football and away from some of those other sports? I'll say that was having some of my friends who played, uh, who were playing football. And like I played basketball, I did track in my, in my school. And every basketball season, I was together with them. And when it's track season, I'm all together with them. And when it's football season, it's like everybody go their own separate ways. And just knowing how to compete with those guys on the basketball court and in the, on, on, on the track, um, I knew how much they really wanted to win and stuff like that. And when I saw them struggling on the field one day after I won the state champion the first time, uh, in the 300 meter hurdles and the four by four and four by one, I was like, "Hey, coach, I think I would like to, you know, try this sport. You know, if I know how to play it, I know how to, you know, help these guys and be of help to the team." And my coach was like, "Oh, Richard, with your speed, I think you could really do a lot to help us on the team if you really, you know, come yourself and try to learn the game." I was like, "Okay, let's give it a trial," and that's how it went. And I was like, the summer before my sophomore year, I decided, "Okay, I want to, I want to really join my team." Then. And play, start learning how to play football. And one day I went to the YMCA to play basketball on a Saturday. Coming back from the YMCA, I, you know, I lived in Athens, Georgia. Coming back from the YMCA, going home, I saw a bunch of people in the UJA campus. And it was a summer camp, something like that. And I came that morning, they had the, 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 the freshmen and the sophomore during the morning session. Then the evening session was the juniors and seniors. And then I was just, I just finished my freshman year. I was going to my sophomore year with me. So I was meant to be in the morning session, but I couldn't make it because I didn't know about the camp because I wasn't playing football then. And I think I, when I walked in there, Coach McClendon saw me from afar and he walked up to me and was like, hey, what's up? What are you, what are you doing? Come warm up. I was like, Coach, I didn't know about the camp. I was just here watching, you know, I just tried to be around people competing. I thought maybe it was even soccer camp going on or something. And he was like, you want to come try football? You? I said, yes, I will try it. He was like, okay, come back in the evening. When I saw the registration stuff, it was like closed. And that evening too, it was like 
the juniors and seniors were the only ones who were meant to be there. And I'm like, bro, I'm a, then I was a rising sophomore and I was like, yo, I can't come there and compete with these guys. The class of like Miko Herdman, they, I mean, that came that year. They had Miko Herdman, they had people like Rashan Gary, they had people like a lot of stars right now that we really watch around the league, you know, and they were all seniors that year. And I was like, man, these guys, they're all like five stars, like four stars, like the guys you know about. I was like, well, I'll just come out and, you know, try to learn the game before uh, I start my high school summer camp. So he was like, okay, then I registered. I came back in the evening to the camp and went through testings. They checked the 40. I I was like, I I ran a very good 40. I was fresh out of track. So I ran a very good 40. I did a broad jump. I think I had the longest broad jump there. I think it was like 10.6. And my vertical was good. All my testings were very good, you know, because that those were some things that I was able to translate from track and basketball, yeah, football, and soccer too. So, but when it came to the camp, um, the actual action drills and everything, hey, I was stuck. I was doing all the drills. I was fine with it. But now when it came to what position do I play, I was like, I don't know. What do you want me to play? It was like, okay, we are speed. Try to be a wide receiver. We tied in linebacker so I was going there taking me all the way and after after uh, the drills and my testings they took me to coach Mark Creek then who was the Georgia head coach and they just liked me and every coach was like dragging me to different positions because then I didn't know what I was going to play so all I was doing was I would stay behind like three four people and see what they do and I'll try to imitate them and I was just you know going all out <laughs> running full speed if I see them jump I try to jump high if I see them run I try to run faster if I see whatever they, I see them do I just tried to do it faster, and that's how I kind of fell in love with the game. And after the camp, you know, we are like almost 500, a lot of kids during that camp, and they brought a, like, list of top 10 performers in the camp, and I was sixth, actually, even with the seniors and older ones, even when I haven't even played a football game. And I came back to the high school, and my coach was like, you see, I told you, if you really commit to this, maybe there's a chance. And then I wanted a college scholarship, too. You know, I know I was going to be looked at a track, you know, maybe basketball a little bit, <laughs> but... Football, I didn't know. So coming to that summer, I was I started training with my with my high school coach, and I outrun everybody. We we're trying to figure out what position I was gonna play. They tried me on as a wide receiver. I would outrun everybody, corners and safety, but I could never catch the ball. <laughs> so, <laughs> as a tight end, I would come. I mean, I was trying blocking and stuff, but it was just that wasn't it for me. So we were trying defense, and. I was just trying to figure out how to play defense. You know, I didn't know nothing about no playbook, nothing about no technique, form, or whatever. Then my coach just told me, you know what? I want you, whoever you see with the ball, just get the ball. So they called me C-ball, hit ball. <laughs> so whenever we lined up, um, when the quarterback had the ball, all I wanted to do was I don't care who was in front of me, what O-line or whatever it was, I just wanted to get to the ball. Yeah, so just did, go get the football. That was all I did. So – if they gave the if the quarterback kept the ball, I tried to get close to him. I rush and I hit him, and everybody would go crazy like, "Oh, that's a sack!" That's when I knew what the sack was. So it was like, "Oh, that's a sack!" Then if they give the running back the ball, I chase him anyway. I try to get him on the backfield. They'd be like, "That's a TFL." If I don't get him there, if he breaks through, I'll chase him wherever. And they'd be like, "Oh, he's got good effort and hustle, you know." And I just stay fall in love with the game more and more. And that's really how I fell in love with the game of football. And ever since then, I just committed everything I had to it. Well, that's a really neat story. I appreciate you kind of taking us through that. And I think, you know, we'll talk a little bit later on in this interview just about faith and how important it is. And it's neat to see how, uh, you know, really all that was orchestrated for you to now be in the position uh, that you're at, Richard. Um, you ultimately commit to Auburn, but then you transfer to Troy after that 2018 season. You have to sit out a year. Why was Troy the right fit for you? And how difficult was that 2019 season not being able to play football? 
I mean, um, coming out of 2019 season, seed now was really hard for me. You know, I would, like, like right now they have the rules. You could just transfer and play immediately. You know, then especially after playing my 2018 season and coming out, um, it was hard. But I think it was very important for me as a human being, as a, as a young boy who was growing up, you know, it was very, because then I wasn't really used to football that much. And coming out from a small school, high school, coming to college like that, you know, I had a lot of growth to do as a human being just outside the football field. So I felt like um, that, that transition for me uh, made me a better person, made me a better human being just outside the football field and made me understood and appreciated the game of football more. And then I really understood um, of how important it was for you to be there for your teammates and everybody. So, you know, it, it took a lot of things. It was hard on me personally because I'm someone who loves competing, who loves playing all the time. I love being busy, especially with the game. But just sitting out all day and especially with the season um, they had when I came, I felt like there was one or two little things I could have been able to do to help. Uh, which I tried my best in scout team. I was in scout team that period. It wasn't just me in scout team. I was doing everything, going hard, you know, trying to make everybody better for us to have a good season. So that transition was very hard for me. But I think when I look back at it right now, I feel like it was really the best thing for me. You know, at that moment, I didn't really see it. But it was the kind of moment I needed to pause a little bit and really, you know, get back in it. And right now, I appreciate it more than I've ever done in my life before. And so basically, it, it was really hard, but it was worth it at the end of the day. Now, fast forward to last year. This team puts together 12 consecutive wins on the way to the program's first Sunbelt title since 2017. What was that moment like, you know, hoisting that trophy? And how have you and your team maybe used that as motivation heading into this year? <laughs> Speechless for a moment. You know, just coming, like we're talking about the season I came in, um, holding that trophy just kind of... Um, made me realize, like I said, made me realize how grateful I really am right now. And I was, I just looked at my teammate. I didn't even know if to celebrate or if to just sit out, just speechless and just, I was cold, you know, but at the same time, it was a moment of, um, I realized how blessed I really was to be among a team like that. Cause the whole season, you know, everybody just look at the team. They just look at, oh, they just look at the end goal of it, that, oh, we won the championship. But if you watch it during that season, there was really a lot of things that went on. You know, coming from our first game, our second game, our third game, and especially when we lost against App State. You know, coming to the game against Ole Miss first, we had high expectations. And after that, then we went into Ole Miss and see my teammate break and grow up. You know, it, it made everybody, it strengthened everybody. And it just reminded me of a, a period I've gone through in my life. And, you know, where you go through some, some moments that really break you down. And at the end of the day, you see grace and, you know, God gives you another opportunity. So it was just what we saw, and every everybody were in a position where everybody had to grow up, you know. Everybody had to be a man. Like my coach always say, boys do what they want to do, but men do what they need to do, you know, what they have to do. So it's like we all just, everybody just had to grow up, put on their big boy pants, and it brought us closer. That was the biggest thing that, that happened to us, the, early, the, the, the hurdles we went through early in the season. Um, it really brought us closer. And when that chemistry was really established, it took us to the next level. So we winning that trophy really meant a lot and showing us how really grateful we were. And that's why that team was so special. So it was it was really a big chance. I something we really appreciated. And motivating us into this season, um, I tell you, we tell the younger guys, you know, we have a lot of pieces that came back from last season and we had a lot of new people too that we added to the team. They don't understand what we went through, but that's what we've been trying to, you know, put it in everybody to understand 
that position win in last year, and I think everybody has bought into it. So it's a big motivation to us. Yeah, I think that's a, you know, just great perspective there. And Richard, you know, another area that you've been blessed to be a part of is this Trojans defense that the last two years has been among the best in the country. Uh, what's been the secret to this group's success? <laughs> Love, hard work and dedication. You know, um, discipline is a big part of it. You know, the difference, like when I say when I came in here, I think um, one of the things the team really lacked during that period was, was the chemistry. We had very, very good individual players, but we had we didn't have a way to really put it all together to become one. And that took time to grow. But as soon as we, when we figured that out, we got to understand that oh, that was the biggest part. Cause every, and when we figured out for the past two years, like you said, one of the best defense in the country. Uh, individually, I would take any of my guys individually to any other person in the country. But now when you, don't, when you can't put the puzzle together, that's, that becomes a problem. So that was one thing we really brought. And in game of football, you know, there's a lot of emotions. To succeed, you have to be very, you have to be very, very hardworking. Some days you don't want to walk. Some days you don't feel like doing anything. Some days you just want to lay in bed until it's time for a meeting or practice. Some days you just want to go to the weight room and just do whatever the coach just said. That's what we're doing in the weight room today. And you need someone else to hold you accountable. Like, yo, we got to do this extra stuff. We got to get better. You know, even after football, come on, let's go grab lunch one day. You know, hey, your teammate is down. Try to pick them up, be there for each other. You know, it, it, when, when you know if someone cares about you a lot, just offer what you could offer, it, it goes a long way. So I think that was the biggest thing we were able to figure out early as a team uh, when Kosamara joined us. And I think that was the biggest part. And that was our brother team together the way it was. And I'm really blessed. I've really been blessed and fortunate to be among, you know, such group of guys. And just me personally, my own growth, that's really you know, really taught me a lot of things in a way that I could never have imagined before in life. And I've been in different teams. I've been in, like, I played, you know, I played different sports, different teams, different human beings, you know, people from all different kind of parts of the world. But one thing with a good team is when a team really got a good chemistry and real love that you, you could vouch on your brother behind his back and really, you know, you know someone is there for you. It goes a long way. That's why sometimes you're playing. There's many, so many instances where you're playing, you're tired, you, you, you feel banged up. You just feel like, you know, calling it quit or you're done for the day. You look by your side, you see your brother who you know is banged up, going so hard for you, and he's refusing to quit, not because of his own selfish interest, but because of the goal you all have set for each other as a team, and you don't want to be the one to, you know, let your brother down. You know, and you just keep going. We've seen instances where the trainers is like trying to hold someone out of like, no, you come out of your heart. And he's like, no, I got to fight for my brother. You know, little comments like that really make you know about how big and special it is. So that, that really teach you, teaches you a lot about life in general, just outside the football team. So it was a thing of growth and it was a thing of where we all came together and everybody's willing to grow. Nobody has arrived yet. We tell each other that every time. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're the starting. I don't care if you're the quarterback or you're the walk on on the team who nobody really cares about we are we are like a family right here and we have to care about each other no matter what especially for me as a pass rusher i don't care I, I hope my quarterback doesn't throw an interception but even if he does 20 interceptions i want to go back there and get the ball for him 20 times 21 times if possible you know that's the mentality we have you know and that's that's how we that's how we like going and that's something we brought into each other and like we don't tear each other down there's a difference between tearing each other down and holding each other accountable. When someone messes up, you can hold them accountable, be like, yo, do your job. 
But you don't look at him and, you know, tear him down. No, we build each other up and try to be there for each other. So that was really a special thing that really helped us as a defense. And that's why we're trying to bring into the, the new guys that we've had. We just added to the team and everything. But now I think we, we, we're way better than we were a few weeks ago. And I'm really excited for the future and where we're heading. Well, Richard, I came to talk football and left with some fantastic, uh, you know, life lessons. So I appreciate, again, the perspective there. You know, Kate and I spent the offseason talking about this defensive line that you're a member of. TJ Jackson, Javon Solomon, Buddha Jones, just to name a few. That list goes on and on. How much fun has it been playing with some of those guys and how have they made you a better football player? Oh, fun. When you talk about fun, it's fun. The, the best fun about itself is it doesn't even come to production. It's really the struggle. You know, the fun part is when we're in the weight room and we're grinding. When you see the next man, he can't go and he's going harder. So at the field, we don't we, we don't call the game time the game time. The game time is what we do before we, we step on the field to play game times. Like today, like days like Thursdays, the installs days. It's like uh, on Wednesdays, when we go on red zone and, and, and take downs and everything like that. Those are really the fun times. And I've, like you said, I've really been blessed and fortunate to play, be with people like that. Like Javon, I love playing with Javon. That's my brother. You know, I love playing with Buddha. Same thing. I love playing with TJ. It's all fun. When we got there to the field, it's all about... Did you play, turn the music on, let the party begin? You know, that's where we are. And I've been really blessed to play with them. I love those boys. Now, Richard, your name, it continues to pop up in NFL draft talk. You were named to the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list before this season. How much do you think about potentially playing in the NFL, or are you really just trying to keep the main thing the main thing right now? Uh, that, <laughs> like some things like that, um, I'm blessed and I really appreciate the opportunities. But right now, really, I, all I care about right now is the team. You know, those stuff, the, the, the early reason why all this stuff came together is because of the hard work that we've been doing and the, and the execution and just trying to be the best we can be possible in every possible way and every opportunity we get. So I don't really, those stuff are things that are going to take care of themselves by themselves. But at the same time, we got to keep the main thing, the main thing, which is winning games. The only reason why we got way better like that and they got to find out about a lot of us last season was because of how far we got in the season. And by getting that far in the season means winning games. And the only way we could win games is we playing our best every day and, you know, take it day by day, one game by one game after another and just keep going like that. And so all those things, I'm excited. I'm blessed to be there. But I think I worry about that at the end of the season when, you know, when that time comes. But right now, if I end up like just not focusing, start messing up, hurting my team and doing things like that, that will hurt me in the long run because, you know, I'm making, I'm trying to prioritize the wrong thing, at, the, the right thing at the wrong time. But right now, like I care about right now is, you know, I got to play Georgia State this week. You know, I'm not even thinking about the game right now. What I'm thinking about is practice this afternoon. What I got to go out there and practice? What do I have to learn? Because I know Coach always got to plan every day. Every day I try to work on my get-off. Every day I try to work on my step, my technique and everything. So that's what that's the only thing in my mind right now. After today, I try to watch film, try to think about it, get better tomorrow. So all those things about the league and all those things, you know, I think everything has time. And I think the time I have right now is to focus on the game I have this week. And after this one, then I worry about the next one. And the rest that happens in December and January, by the grace of God, man, everything's going to take care of itself. Well, hey, let's jump off the field real quick. Many people are, you know, very familiar with your, you know, your play, particularly Sunbelt quarterbacks. Uh, but off the field, what are your some of your hobbies, maybe interests? How do you spend your time away from the game of football? I love watching comedy movies. I love comedy movies. What's the good one? What's your favorite? You know that movie, Little Man? I did yes. Some, you know the Naughty Professor? That's I do. Very nice romantic comedy movie. I love that. You know Medea movies? Yep. 
Oh, I love every Madea movie. I could watch that a thousand times. <laughs> I watch that before almost every game. I, you know, it reminds me a little bit about my culture and where I'm from, but I watch a lot of Nigerian movies too, but I love cooking. I, I love, love that. Oh, my uh, God. It sounds that's, like some great hobbies off the field. Oh, my God. That's my hobby. I love cooking. I, I want to be a very, very good chef. You know, my teammate, they love eating. I normally love to pregame, to meal prep, and sometimes I'll meal prep for something I'll eat like the whole week. And as soon as they find out I'm cooking something, they will come and eat it all at once and I'll end up having nothing to eat for the rest of the week. So I sometimes I don't let them know I'm cooking because once they know I'm cooking, everything is done. But I love cooking. I love movies. Um, I love rest. I have a dog. Um, I love my dog a lot. And I play video games. I love playing FIFA a lot, you know. Well, it sounds like a lot of fun uh, things off the field that you've got going on. What's the dog's name, by the way? <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. So when I came over here, I got him when I got here as a puppy. He was eight weeks old. So I and growing up, I love epic movies too sometimes. And I don't know if you see the movie Troy. I yeah, have. Yeah, Troy's are my favorite. Yeah, and my dog's name is Troy. <laughs> I love that. That's that's uh, so perfect. Um, Richard, I'd be remiss to not ask you about your faith. It's prominently displayed on your social media accounts. Uh, you were baptized back in April. Speak on your faith journey and why it's such an important element of your life. The truth is, um, my faith is a big part of everything that's happening to me right now. You know, and my biggest thing I love a lot is grace. You know, I believe in second chances. And if not for that, I wouldn't have been here today. And growing up, I grew up in a very good Christian home. My mom, they loved it. I was born in the church. And just there's a lot of things I can't even explain. I just know it's God's miracle. I, I love praying. I love praying. And I don't pray. I feel like, oh, I'm I'm sick. I'm losing something. I'm going to die just because of, you know, how important I know that is to me. Uh, I, I love my Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and I, I believe in my heart that God sent his son Jesus Christ to die for my sake on the cross. And three days after he died, he raised him back to life. And I confess to my mom all the time that Jesus Christ is Lord, you know, and that saved me. I grew up growing up, um, Stay growing up alone, I faced a lot of challenges, you know, leaving my family at such a young age. Uh, but God has always come through for me, going through ups and downs of life. Um, I, I grew up a mommy's boy, so not having my mom so far away like that, it's just been me and God, you know, the whole journey, you know, even going out from high school, going to Auburn, going to this, getting here, it's just a lot. And my faith, without Jesus, I wouldn't be here today. And that's why... No matter what I do, like till date, everybody always asks me, well, after your sack, what's that celebration for? What's that celebration for? What do you do if you watch my celebration or whatever? Sometimes I don't do it, and but naturally it just happens. But it's the way I feel deep down. I know without God, I'm nobody, man. And every day I'm not perfect, but every day I thank God for his grace, for my life and mercy every day. And I just try to be the best I can every day, you know, to live up to that standard. And just, it's big. It's big. And just know without Jesus, I won't be here. Well, Richard, as a fellow believer, I definitely appreciate just your openness there with that answer and, and the stand uh, in terms of faith that you take and, and that you put out there openly. Um, let's end this interview uh, with just a couple rapid fire questions. Are you good with that? Yes, sir. Let's go. Okay, let's jump right in. Richard Jubinar, if you didn't play the sport of football, what sport would you currently be playing? Soccer. Outside of you, who do you believe is the scariest defender on this uh, Troy defense? Oh, my God, my twin. So I guess we're going with Javon Solomon there. Yeah. Definitely a dangerous football player. I love that answer. You mentioned that you love cooking. What is your favorite Nigerian dish? And when you came to America, what was your favorite American dish? 
when I came to America, I will start from when I came to America first, it was wings, you know, because that was the easiest and I could really relate. It's just chicken. I love chicken a lot. So it was wings. But my favorite Nigerian dish is jollof rice. I love that. Well, Richard, this has been really fun getting to know you. Uh, we've obviously gotten to watch you play on the football field. It's been fun to get to, you know, spend some time with you here today. So definitely appreciate it. And uh, best of luck to you and your team the rest of the season. Thank you so much, sir. I really appreciate your time. Okay, and that was a great interview with Richard. Some things came up. You weren't able to make it, but uh, a great conversation nonetheless with one of the better pass rushers in the league. Yeah, no, first of all, I just want to shout out you for your solo interviewing skills. A great listen. I felt like one of our listeners listening to the podcast, listening to the episode and just having you pick his brain. But I think it's just hard not to be just have all of your attention drawn on Richard's origin story. As a person who has been playing football since he was nine year old, nine years old, all the way to the college level, I couldn't imagine trying to pick it up as a sophomore in high school. And then the fact that his trajectory led him to be such a high recruit, his story led him all the way to Troy, Alabama, which is clearly a special place to him and where he's a special player. It's just amazing to see. And it's something I just can't even wrap my head around as far as an athlete having to pick up a sport as difficult as football and him being able to kind of pick it up and run with it and be so great and be the elite player he is today. Okay, and I got to admit, I think the toughest part of that interview, you make those rapid fire questions look really easy. That was uh, not easy to complete. But Caden, one of the things that stood out to me in this interview was his relationship with his teammates, both on that defensive line as well as on that defense. And I know you and I have talked a lot about your relationship, uh, you know, with some of your past App State teammates. This kind of reminded you of that. Most definitely no. I think when you look back at our old App State teams, there was just a different level of confidence you played with when you knew everyone around you was going to do their job. And when you watched Troy last season and when you watch him this year, it's very clear from their secondary all the way down. They have dogs all around. They all trust each other. And I think we just learned more about their trust for each other when hearing Richard talk about his teammates, how some of them are more feared than others, talking about how their different skill sets and how they push each other both on and off the field. That's what great defenses are all about. They always have a strong heartbeat both on and off the field. And it was just great to get an inside look at what makes that Troy defense special and what's kind of the reason why they were able to pull that off that championship run last year, strongly based on that strong defense they had. Definitely a special player, a special Troy defense as well. Well, that will do it for another great episode of the Frary and Smith podcast. Again, we'd like to say a special thank you to Troy's Richard Jubinar and Associate AD Adam Prendergast for helping make this interview happen. Before you go, don't forget that we're going to be back with another episode on Friday. We'll discuss all the big games taking place in the Sun Belt in Week 5, including our Game of the Week, the much-anticipated matchup between James Madison and South Alabama. That'll do it for us here at the Ferry and Smith Podcast. If you enjoyed today's podcast, drop us a five-star review before you go. Leave us five stars. Let us know what we could be doing better or what you love about the show. So for Caden Smith, Richmond Weaver, and Brett Jemis, I'm Noah Freire. We really appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, that's goodbye for now. We'll talk to you again soon. Music.